Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris on VeloSos on social media. Welcome back to So Over 50 podcast. Stay listening. So Organised Style podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for joining us on Sober 50 Podcast as we continue with this series where sewers continue with their sewing projects while living with chronic pain. Sew Over 50 intersects with all communities. Nikki Ansel, or Ichiku Park 23, was one of our Sew Over 50 sewers featured recently to show how the Sew Over 50 community intersects with all communities such as the hashtag chronically sewn. Listeners, in today's podcast... Nikki talks about her personal loss through COVID between three and five minutes. This is a trigger warning for you if you have also suffered the loss of a loved one during COVID. Thank you. Nikki, thank you so much for being today's So Over 50 guest for the Chronically Sewn series. Lovely to be here. Thank you, Maria. I've been watching your sewing on Instagram and you're doing really well with putting together colours that are part of a wardrobe it's very cohesive yeah yes I guess I, I am always drawn to the same colors blue reds and purples I think they're the colors I've always sewn really with a bit of bit of black in there as well but yeah certainly I, I am always drawn to the same colors it makes putting a wardrobe together so much easier when everything's more or less the same color <laughs> easy for the first thing in the day just to grab something and you know it's going to work Yes, indeed. Yes. Your Instagram name is Ichiku Park 23. Can you tell us the story behind that? When I set up my Instagram account, I didn't really want to make it anything too personal. I didn't want to make it my name. The reason I went to them, Ichiku Park is the song by the Small Faces, and it's my favorite song. I've always loved it. And then I needed to add 23 on the end, which is my birthday, because somebody already had Ichiku Park, as you often find with these names. That's the story behind my name. It does get some comments. It confuses people. But yeah, that's what it was. So when you first bought a mobile phone, did you have Ichiku Park as your ringtone? No, I've never actually set that up, to be perfectly honest. It's one of those things that I keep thinking, I should, I really should set that up. At one point, my husband had it set as the alarm which was great because it was always a good start to the day. But no, it's something that I really, really will get around to one of these days. So Nikki, where can we find you online? It's really just Instagram for me. Yeah, I don't have a blog. Again, that's something I, you know, I've thought about, but it's just Instagram. This is a more serious note and the reason why you're on this podcast. Can you talk us through your COVID experience? Yes. So my COVID experience really started in December 2019 when my mum was diagnosed with terminal leukemia so we knew she didn't have very long so basically for the first part of 2020 I spent a lot of time going back and forth to see her to help care for her and and my dad and then towards the end of March I went down to visit her one Sunday and it was actually Mother's Day in, in the UK my brother was there as well and I was due just to stay overnight and she deteriorated overnight. She, you know, she, she wasn't at all well. And so I stayed on to help my dad look after her. And then on the Wednesday, 
my dad had been coughing all night and I'd got a bit of a cough as well, which was very unusual for me. Now, where they were living was in a, a retirement block. So there was a manager and you know, carers there to help. And because of the situation we were in, the manager arranged for a COVID test for us both. And so we had the COVID test, really did not expect it to come back positive. But sure enough, it did. So, you know, a couple of days later, we, we got the result back as, as positive. And to be honest, neither of us were particularly unwell. You know, my dad was 85 and, you know, he had some other health problems, but really didn't seem that unwell. But a week after he first started showing symptoms, he died. You know, he just kind of drifted away. It was, you know, it wasn't, there wasn't a sudden deterioration. He just drifted away. And then to make matters worse, four hours later, my mum died. Oh. Yeah. So within, you know, within four hours, they were both gone. And obviously, you know, we'd been expecting it with my mum, but really not with my dad. No. Yeah. You know, a couple of days later, I went home, still wasn't feeling well, but, you know, not been particularly unwell. But then we see that, you know, the months went by, we, you know, we all the, you know, the dealings with the funeral, clearing the flat up and everything. Mm-hmm. Then months went by and I, you know, and I didn't get any better. I just had this severe fatigue muscle aches brain fog and breathlessness and then probably around summertime the story started coming out about long covid and i ended up at the gp and you know had lots of tests done nothing came back as anything and yeah and then i was also diagnosed with long covid mm. so that was 18 months ago that i got covid and the situation is more or less the same you know not getting any better not getting any worse. I'm very, very limited in what I can do. I mean, I get up late. If I do anything during the day, if I, you know, if I pop out to the shops or anything, that's all I can do for the day. I will spend the rest of the day lying down. Every afternoon, I'm in bed again by three or four, normally sleep, and then, you know, get up for a bit in the evening. It's really a case of being incredibly limited in what I can do, choosing what I want to do. Mm. and some days are worse than others if I've done too much the day before then you know the pain will be much worse it's kind of just making the most of what I can do I feel I've moved on a bit from I spent most of last year waiting to get better yeah and this year I'm, I'm trying to concentrate on okay so you know perhaps I won't get better and you know I need to concentrate on what I can do rather than than what what I can't do and, um, you know, obviously that, that includes some sewing when I can. I feel really lucky that I have a hobby that I've been able to continue. Sadly, a lot of the people with long COVID were previously, you know, fit, active, doing a lot of sport. I was fit and active, but, you know, that wasn't what I spent my time doing. I'm just so, so glad that I can continue with my hobby. Obviously, I, I can't do as much as I'd like to do. But it is something that I can do still. From me to you, my condolences for such a sudden loss. They'll always be there in your heart. Yes. I mean, my my mum taught me to sew. My mum always sewed. She made all our clothes. And when I was a little girl, she used to, you know, she'd let me kind of play with bits of fabric and bits of pins. And then, you know, as I got older, I learned to sew. I made lots of soft toys. 
I went to secondary school, learned how, you know, had needlework classes, and that's when I started making clothes. You know, I've I've made things, I've always made things. Mm-hmm. There was a, a period shortly after I was married when I'd sewed much less. I made my wedding dress. And then, you know, obviously life gets busy. And and I think partly it was because I wasn't I wasn't near my mum because she always used to help me with fitting. I didn't take up sewing seriously again until I was 50 actually it was the year I was 50 and I was going to a summer ball and I didn't want to buy a dress because dress shopping was always quite traumatic Mm -hmm. and also I didn't want a lot of money on something that I would probably only only wear once so I thought oh I can make something and so I did I made a a stretchy velvet dress which I was really pleased with you know it, it fitted nicely and that's kind of what got me started and um, that was the first time I'd ever sewn jersey. I then moved on. I got an overlocker. Yeah, not long after that, I think I was making all my clothes. So which just, you know, obviously still do. I very rarely buy anything ready-made. I can understand that, especially, I mean, you made that decision. You had a one-off amazing night to go out to and then you thought, I can make this and you did. So that's really good. Yeah. Over the years, you know, I would go shopping with my mum and, you know, we'd look at things and she'd say, you know, you could make that. And I can, you know, and and I say the same thing to my daughter now, you know, she'll be looking at something like, oh, that would be so easy to make, love. I'm just really happy that I got started again. I feel like I've learned to sew all over again because of things are just so different. We have the internet to help us now. As I said, never sewn jersey fabrics before. Yeah, I just feel like I'm kind of new to sewing, but I've got a really good background behind me with the skills I learned early on. When you made your mind up to start sewing again, you had that one night that you were trying to make sure that you could make this and you did. What made you continue to sew? I think it was just the fact that because I'd done it and I thought, you know, that was okay. And because I'd never liked shopping, I'm quite short. You know, I've got full bust, short-waisted. Shopping was always a real nightmare to find something that would fit me. So I think because I made something and it fitted, I thought, you know, I can continue with this. You know, I've said I'd made investment buying an overlocker. That's what kept me going. You know, I made a few things and, you know, people commented that, that, you know, how nice they were. Um, That was it. I was, I was hooked. That's really good to hear. Now that you've had to change how you sew because of long COVID, are there any tools that you use that make your life easier? A rotary cutter is something I've, I mean, I have been using it for a while, but that definitely makes it, I would say, makes it a, a lot easier. For me, mainly, it's being able to do things sitting down. In fact, I was actually pressing seams at the iron the other day and I thought, you know, I could do this sitting down. So, you know, an ironing board at a ridiculously low height. And I tend to think it's it's changed the way that I sew things not necessarily in the right order. You know, if I've got a T-shirt that I'm making, rather than do the shoulder seams and then do the neck, I would probably do the shoulder seams, the side seams and the sleeve seams all at the same time because I can get them ready and then I can obviously go to the overlocker. So I think it's like that. I probably would make more than one thing at a time if I'm making something of similar colours. I limit the amount that I have to move around. 
standing up and moving around is the thing that tires me out the most. Have you rearranged your room so that you don't have to move around? No, not really. I have a sewing room, but it's out in the garden. So it's a conversion from a, a garage. I do share it with two guinea pigs and a piano and a fridge and a freezer. So I'm kind of, you know, a bit squidged at the, at the end. And I do have a lot of craft stuff. I've got, you know, the, obviously all the sewing stuff. I make cards. I do jewellery making. And when my mum became too unwell to do, to do any more crafting, basically all her stuff came to me. So it's very, very crowded in there. And it's very cold as well. So I kind of, sometimes I, I go out there to sew. Sometimes I bring the machines into the dining room and sew. I would love to have the room all set up just for sewing. But until we have guinea pigs no longer, I have to share it. Okay. As long as they don't complain, I suppose that's okay. No, they, they make quite a lot of squeaking noises. I do like a bit of company, but, but no, they don't actually complain. And you've also got a dog companion. Yes, we do. It's actually five months today since we got our rescue dog, Ziggy, who came over from Romania. Last December, we lost our other dog, Dizzy who used to feature quite a lot on my Instagram page. Mm -hmm. We couldn't get another puppy because, you know, I just don't have the energy to deal with it. It took a few months to arrange, but as I say, Ziggy joined us in May. She's been an absolute delight to us. Seriously, I think, you know, Dizzy sent us Ziggy because she's the perfect dog for us. She's uh, she's quite nervous. Um, See, the, the dogs that come over from Romania, you don't know what you're getting. She was very, very scared. Gradually, she's learning to be a house dog, you know, street dog to house dog. She's now sleeping on my daughter's bed. You know, she's, she's get, getting the hang of it. But she's a very gentle dog. She's very quiet. And all she, she wants is companionship and fussing. You know, she really is. When I go to bed in the afternoon, she will lie down beside me. And, you know, and I say to her about three o'clock, I go, oh, we're going to bed, Ziggy. And, you know, she'll, she'll come follow me up. We've just started walking her. She took us a long time even to get her out in the garden. But we've got to the stage now where we can take her. She won't walk straight out the house. She likes the car. So she'll get in the car. We, you know, we drive to a field. Yeah, it's been, it's been a, quite a big step for her. She's actually, uh, she's started chasing squirrels. And that's all we want for her is just to be a normal, a normal dog and to have fun. She's just a delight. She really is. She's got herself a really good home with you. Yeah, I mean, the situation we're in, is I'm home most of the time. My son's also home all the time. And my husband sometimes works for me. So there is, there's always somebody here, mm-hmm. which is perfect for a dog. It's been a good match, I think. That's good to hear. When did you discover the Sew Over 50 community? I think I discovered it as probably when it started. I don't know why, I don't know what, you know, how, but obviously just obviously popped up in my feed. And yeah, I was so excited to have, you know, a, a group of sewing people, you know, around my age. It's just perfect. And it has been such an inspiration to me. I love it. I love the challenges they do and the guest editors. I just love everything about it. So Judith and Sandy, they, you know, they deserve a medal for what they've done, really. And it was great that you were able to contribute to the community as well that was really lovely yeah Nikki before we finish what advice would you give listeners 
who are also going through the same experience as you and who are in the sighing community? For me, it's it's about just thinking about how you can do things. And I spend quite a lot of time just thinking about sewing. I have quite a large stash, loads of patterns. And I do, you know, often I just, I'm just thinking about it. I think, right, if I can't sew, let's think, what am I going to make next? I get a lot of inspiration from, from Instagram um, and from Sew Over 50 in particular. And I mean, a lot of the things that I plan in my head, I never make them. But, you know, perhaps I will one day. I say it's just about trying to kind of think about maybe what you can do that's sewing related, which isn't actually sewing. So, you know, planning things, thinking about fabric. I've also found that, you know, maybe picking up other craft related hobbies is a good thing. I've been doing a lot of knitting recently because that is something I can just, you know, I can do while sitting down. A bit of cross stitch as well. You know, it's just about trying to think, right, okay, well, what can I do? Rather than focusing on, oh, I can't sew today, think, oh, okay, right, well, what can I do? Maybe I can just scroll through a bit of Instagram, you know, look through my patterns or whatever. That's what I've done, and, and, I, and I think, it, you know, it's been helpful to me. Nikki, thank you for being helpful to our listeners who are living with long COVID as well or know someone who is living with long COVID to give them some advice on how to enjoy their craft, enjoy their sewing within the bounds of their energy that they have in the day. Sadly, there are thousands and thousands of people with long COVID. You know, there's going to be more and, you know, it, it, it is difficult, but, you know, life's what you make it. You, you just got to kind of get on with it. And yeah, as I say, I'm very thankful that sewing, you know, is something that I can continue to do. Thank you again, Nikki, for your time today and your energy to be able to produce this podcast for our listeners. Thank you very much for inviting me, Maria. Oh, you're most welcome. And have a lovely day, listeners. This episode of Soulganized Style Podcast for Sew Over 50 was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Nikki Ansel, soundbybensound.com. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style Podcast, but with an S, not a Z, on all good podcast apps. Give us a five-star rating and review, and we hope you'll support us through our Patreon account. Make sure you go back and listen to our Sew Over 50 Podcast archive and Sew Enabled Podcast. Every podcast is free with the aim to keep you company and encourage you to sew more often. Post any questions or suggestions you have on our Instagram account at Soul Organized Style or on our website at www.seworganisedstyle.com or in our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.